Hello, my name is Stella, and I'd like to introduce you to a special kid named Donovan. Donovan will be turning nine this January. He loves building things, archery, turtles, and Star Wars. Sadly, Donovan faces some difficult struggles on a daily basis. He's been diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome, ADHD, and bipolar disorder. Every day, Donovan has to cope with disabilities and deal with the harsh judgment the outside world gives him. We are starting this Kickstarter campaign so that Donovan and his family can tell their story. Together, they would like to write a book called Donovan and the Dark Side. It will educate people on the disabilities from the perspective of Donovan himself. He will talk about the ways his disabilities affect his everyday life in a simple way only a kid could. The book is called Donovan and the Dark Side because Donovan is a big Star Wars fan, and he has used his love for Star Wars as a great coping tool for his problems. One of the central themes in Star Wars is the struggle one faces to stay away from the dark side. Donovan relates to this in a big way. The Jedi fight anger to keep from turning to the dark side, and Donovan's disability causes him to constantly be fighting his own anger. He compares his fighting to regain calmness during his bipolar tantrums to a Jedi trying not to turn to the dark side. In the book, Donovan will talk about different ways kids can cope with their disabilities, with the lessons he learned from Star Wars, as well as other creative methods he's come up with. We are asking for $2,000 so we could do a print and a digital edition of the book. Money will go towards things like designing the ebook edition, editing and publishing the print edition, and promoting the final copy. Any surplus of money received will go towards services for Donovan, such as museum trips, park memberships, and other needs. Thanks for listening and for donating whatever you can. For more information or to make a contribution, please visit kickstarter.com and search for Donovan and the Dark Side. Thank you. Hello there, Obi-Wan Kenobi here, and you're listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. Brought to you by StarWarsDaily.com. The Force will be with you, always. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. This is our 87th episode for the uh, episode Friends and Enemies. Uh, Welcome back, uh, or is it fourth? I can't quite tell, but uh, (laughs) (coughs) yeah, we're we're back yet. We're back for the second time this week with a new episode. Yeah, this is crazy, huh, man? 
things happen, you know, uh, sicknesses and work and man, you know, life gets in the way of Star Wars. I, I still can't believe that, but hey. You well, know. you know what? There's a there's a a, a time coming in August. Uh, countdown's going to be a little bit a little bit weird, uh, and and for those who are paying attention, they might be able to figure yeah. out uh, exactly why. <laughs> but as of recording yeah. right now, uh, as of recording right now, there are 206 days left until Star Wars Celebration. So. Although uh, life may get in the way of Star Wars at the moment, Star Wars is going to get in the way of life come uh, <laughs> August 23rd to come 26th August, yes. at the Orange County Convention Center. So, um, yeah, I am going to be there. <laughs> Matt is probably going to be there. I'm, I'm going to say he's probably yeah. going to be there. Yeah, okay. after after the time I had it in, in fan days, which is just a real small yeah. ga- gathering, I mean, I can't. I can't imagine how fun it would be to get to Celebration 6. So, Oh, and by the way, if you're new, that's Mike over there talking. I'm Matt. And we're front lines. But hey, you ready to get some, some news? Yeah, let's, get into this? let's jump into the news. Okay, let's jump right into it. Welcome. I have been expecting you. This is just the beginning. This is where the fun begins. Join us or die. Our meeting was not a coincidence. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. All right, Mike, and we're going to start today with uh, George Lucas. He, he was on Oprah's Next Chapter. I don't know if you got a chance to see this. It was on uh, Oprah Winfrey, oh, the Oprah Winfrey Network. Uh, I actually DVR'd it and checked it out. It was a one-hour episode. Um, did you get a chance to look at it or no? I did not. I don't. I, I'm. I do not have own. I am not an Oprah Winfrey Network subscriber. Yeah. So. I don't know how uh, I have it, but somehow. It did. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, hey, it was cool. You know, it was nothing like earth-shattering as far as Lucas, and he, you know, he was talking uh, about a little bit about Red Tails. He was talking about his uh, girlfriend, uh, Melody Hobson, mm-hmm. uh, and just a few other cool nuggets. And I want to play just a couple real quick. Uh, the first one we're going to listen to here is uh, 45 seconds, and he talks about how the fact that he never saw Star Wars, and listen to his explana- explanation of that. The biggest problem I'll have is I never got to see Star Wars. I never got to see it. What does that mean? That means I never got the phenomenon. I never, I never walked into a theater like everybody else did and said, oh my God. Yeah. You know, all I did was get to the end and say, thank God it's over with. Oh my goodness. I just had a big aha there. How could, you wouldn't. No. You never get to see the movie the way we see the movie. No, you never do. Any movie you make, you never get to see the experience because yeah. you've built the experience you know it's like you're backstage yeah putting on the performance you never get to see the performance but you you certainly know that it it is has been and will always be at this point more than a movie it was a phenomenon yeah it was yeah. a cultural phenomenon yes and i have to have the, the same sentiment as oprah mike i mean it was an aha moment he's like i never even thought of that that yeah he doesn't he doesn't and no filmmaker does you know because you're you're seeing it, you're making it, you're creating it, and and that's why maybe it's harder for him to realize how much of a phenomenon it is to all of us that saw it when we were young or whatever. It just it kind of just out of nowhere just blew everybody away, you know. Yeah. And it, it kind of makes a lot of sense there, and you, you kind of go, oh yeah, that's right, you know. He, he didn't get the chance to sit in a the theater and, and see the ship pass over like everybody else and just go and just go 
crazy nuts, you know. Uh, he did get to experience the phenomenon of it, how everybody went crazy. But uh, interesting little, uh, little talk with uh, Oprah about how he never saw that. So I thought that was kind of interesting. <clears throat> yeah, it's really cool. And and uh, you know, he's even. I don't know, just listening to the voice, not not having the video, um, <clears throat> it's kind of hard to tell, but it just, it sounds like, like he's a little bit emotional about it, you know, like, yeah, yeah, like, I, yeah. like he's kind of got to deal with the fact that, like, it, it's, it, he worked so hard to bring this thing to the rest of us that was in his head that he just, you know, he had to share, he had to get out no matter what. I mean, we all know the stories of how, uh, how close to killing himself he came oh over, yeah right. over making those movies you know like just the exhaustion and and uh, <clears throat> being in the hospital and that sort of thing yeah uh as a result of the stress from making the first star wars from making a new hope that i that it's got that's got to be emotional to to you know then not right. be able to enjoy it the way that you see everybody else enjoying yeah, and I think he talked. He's talked before about how he he doesn't even go to openings anymore. He just uh, when the film is ready to go, it's released, and he takes a vacation and takes off. I, I thought I heard him talk about that one time. So, but yeah, he was. It was a. You had a, that genuine feel that that he kind of missed that aspect of it, and and uh, he goes on to talk about another interesting thing that I hadn't heard about. Maybe you've heard this. Um, but he talks about how uh, the naming of R2-D2 came about. So check this out and let me know if this is, uh, rings any bells for you. Star Wars, did it come to you as Star Wars? Pretty much, yeah. Would parts of it just come to you? Would names come to you? Would... Yeah, well, everything. Well, how do you come up with a name? So I, yeah, how do you come up with a name? This is how I do it. Yeah. I have a little book and I just write names all day long. Oh, this would be a good name. So Chewbacca. I'll put this over here. Oh, yeah. this is a good name. I'll put it over here. So the names just came to you. Obi-Wan Kenobi, yeah. Chewbacca, all of them. Yeah. yeah. You just, you know, you riff on that idea and you end up with a bunch of names. And I, I have hundreds and hundreds, even thousands of names. Uh, R2-D2. R2-D2 has got a lot of backstory to it. It was when I was doing American Graffiti. Um, a very, very close friend of mine from college who I worked with forever and is a sound designer and an editor, Walter Murch. We were mixing the movie together because we were we did everything. And he said, "Okay, we're ready to move on to the next reel. So, uh, go get uh, uh, reel two, dialogue two. Uh, wow. Go get R two D two." And I said, "R two D two, that's a great name." So I just wrote it down and just said, "But, but that's what it is. It's really reel two, dialogue two of American Graffiti." That's interesting. Did you know that, Mike? Did that, did that ever, I don't. Think I, I yeah, I did. I had heard it before. Yeah. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, I thought that was kind of crazy. You know, just he has a book and just starts riffing kind of like a maybe a comedian would do or a writer or anything yeah. you just you get a penny you just start writing things and and uh, that's kind of funny how he came up with the real to dialogue too i guess i don't know i just for some reason just, i don't think i've ever heard that before so i thought that was kind of cool but yeah the the whole interview is uh, the rest of it's uh, he talks a little bit like i said about red tails and he talks to uh, they talk to melody his girlfriend and um but yeah it was pretty good it was it was had a few nuggets like that, so uh, I thought it was supposed to be a two-parter, but I don't know what's going on. It said on the description it was going to be uh, part one of two, but I don't know if there's a part two coming. We'll see. But a uh, pretty cool interview. Uh, also going on the news, kind of another sad day a few days ago. Uh, Ian Amercrombie, of course, the voice 
of Senator Palpatine in the Clone Wars, passed away at the age of 77. And uh, there was a story out of The Hollywood Reporter uh, that he uh, passed away. And, of course, he's Chancellor Palpatine. But he also played one of my, in my favorite comedies of all time, Seinfeld. He played Mr. Pitt mm-hmm. for uh, five or six, seven episodes, something like that, as Elaine's boss. And, uh, yeah, it was kind of sad. And, and there was an interview he did at the premiere of the Clone Wars movie back in 2008. And uh, here's Ian Abercrombie talking about uh, his experience uh, with Star Wars. Like now to be a member of the Star Wars franchise? Oh, I, you know, it's quite exciting. I mean, plucked out of the blue. I mean, I've been around forever, but I mean, all of a sudden I got a phone call and said, you know, would I, and it's just marvelous. It's just, yeah. How tough is it to do a voice? Somebody has already done the voice in a feature film, and now you're taking over the voice. I, I tell you what, I didn't go there. No, because I had to bring my own. Whatever it was I did that George liked and the company liked, that's what they stayed with. So uh, yep. then after I started the job, I went back and looked at Ian McDermott. And I'm looking at him going, hmm, okay. <laughs> no, 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 he's wonderful, you know. What did you like so much about giving voice to him? Well, I've always played a lot of nice guys. And even though it's a voice, I can throw in a little inflection here and there. You know, it's, it's exciting. So that was Ian. I'm probably talking about uh, his experience. And uh, what, a, what a great, I mean, he just kind of nailed, he nailed uh, Palpatine and, and uh, you know, Ian McDermott. Mm-hmm. He just did it so well. He's he's going to be severely missed on this yeah. show, I think. I know you posted something on a, on our Frontlines uh, Facebook account, Mike, about how they were uh, the Clone Wars was it was uh, honoring him. Did you uh, what was that about? Yeah, from the Star Wars blog. Yeah, I oh, just blog. I just okay. uh, I just shared that over on our Facebook page. Okay. Yeah, that's it's uh, it's going to be sad. You know, it's I don't I don't know how they're going to replace him because it seems like that character still has a lot to do in this series yeah and and how they're gonna replace him uh, that's gonna be a tough tough to replace well him. you also but you have to remember that they are at least a season ahead that's true i forgot about um, that, yeah. they're a season right. ahead in production for the most part like they're working on episodes currently for season five um mm-hmm. like on design and animation and that sort of thing the 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 voiceover is more than likely all done. I mean, I guarantee it's all done for season five. <clears throat> I think they might even be done as far as season six. So, um, yeah, I forgot about that. It may not affect things uh, as quickly as as one would think. So, good point. Yeah, I didn't even think about that because they do. There are seems like a season ahead as far as the uh, at least the audio stuff. Yeah, because yeah. I know a lot of them talk about. Oh yeah, I remember recording that a year ago. So. But yeah, sad, sad day. Uh, great, great actor and uh, great voice actor. So he will be missed. Uh, last thing we'll we'll talk about is, hey, you know, the Phantom Menace. Hey, did you know it was coming to theaters in uh, in three D, Mike? You know, I think I might have heard a little <laughs> bit about it. Yeah. yeah. It's still as funny as like I'm seeing like I actually saw a billboard driving to work today, <laughs> awesome. and I was like, wow, you know, they're. I didn't think they were going to go this far with a movie that's over 10 years old but yeah they're, yeah they're hitting this thing pretty hard and uh you know i haven't seen toys and cereal since i was a kid i mean i just <laughs> don't know if i if if i just don't pay attention anymore or we just don't buy those kind of cereals but yeah 
all of a sudden uh, they're going to be doing um, serials with these uh, character pins in them. These the Phantom Menace themed uh, pins are going to be uh, appearing in some General Mills type cereals, and it's going to be like Cheerios, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Lucky Charms, Cookie Crisp, all the good sugary cereals, you know. Um, but yeah, they're going to have uh, Darth Maul, Yoda, R two D two, C three PO, Anakin, uh, Obi Wan Kenobi, and Jar Jar Binks. So the machine that is Star Wars merchandising is rolling strong with the Phantom Menace. Mm -hmm. You know, um, like I said, all we're missing is some three, some uh, pizza boxes <laughs> and some <laughs> Taco Bell cups. And oh, we're, we're missing. <laughs> we're missing a lot. We're missing a lot. <laughs> And for yeah. those who were around in 1999, and uh, <clears throat> let's say old enough to remember everything that happened in 1999, you couldn't walk into a store without being inundated with some sort of Star Wars product, some sort of Episode One merchandise. I mean, oh yeah, I had a, a Jar Jar Binks Easter chocolate rabbit thing. Like it wasn't a, it wasn't a rabbit, obviously, because he's Jar Jar Binks. But, you know, you get, like, your chocolate rabbit at Easter. They had, like, a chocolate bust of Jar Jar Binks. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> with these yellow, smarty eyes sort of thing. Right, right. It was it was weird. It was not, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, man. It was, it, you know, at the time being, I guess I was, like, 12 or 13, I think. Um, at the time... It was the greatest thing in the world because Star Wars was back and Star Wars was really, you know, like big for the first time in my life. Um, and uh, and it was so exciting to just, you know, the action figures and the midnight opening of Walmarts and Star Wars was on the news and everything was everywhere and it was so exciting. Oh, man. But now looking back at it, I just think like, wow, all that junk. Yeah. Just total 100% junk. None of it was worth buying. None of it. Like, I, I had buckets and buckets of that stupid crap. And uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. I still have a lot of it, you know, because it's just it's impossible to get rid of. Because there's, there's just so much of it. Um, it's it's pretty ridiculous. And, and I don't know, like, these are kind of... These are more... Not that exciting. More like, the same. it's just yeah. more... Yeah, it's just more junk, you know? At least these actually do something, you know? Yeah. Unlike a... Jar Jar Binks swimming <laughs> action figure, yeah, from yeah, KFC, yeah. Know. I do. I remember that time because I was working for Pepsi at the time, and and I was working in the warehouse, and it was it was kind of cool, but it was it was mind boggling because we had to actually purchase the whole building, the whole warehouse that was next door to us, mm -hmm. just to house all of the Phantom Menace product that Pizza Hut, Taco Bell, and KFC was doing. I mean, it was unbelievable and of course i was like a kid in a candy store because here i'm getting all this stuff before anybody else was you know and 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 getting the stuff all lined up and ready for for a shipping but that was a that was a crazy time that was a fun time though wow and in fact because we were doing that they actually sent us the trailer on a on a vcr disc <laughs> so so suffice it to say that i actually kept that i ended up keeping that and was Watching that probably like 50, 60,000 times over and over again. You know, I mean, it was, just, it was crazy. It was a good time. Good reflections back on that. So, 
that's about it though you know we got you know gogurts is back in the limelight with with stuff i mean everybody's promoting this you got we uh last podcast uh you guys talked about the vw commercial so yeah. i mean it's just like it's a lot of stuff going on so uh, anything else hits your fancy over the last week, though, of uh, Star Wars? Anything collecting or news? You know, really? <clears throat> um, uh, I was sick last week. That's why there was the yeah. episode. And, yeah. uh, and I actually spent the week in, well, not the week, but a couple of days last week in bed. Um, <clears throat> and one of the things that I did, that I took the time to do, and in fact that I had been waiting to do uh, and had not uh, dove in just yet, uh, was uh, watching all of my Blu-rays, all the Star Wars Blu-rays. Oh, uh, and I, I kind of held off because, uh, I mean, when are you really going to block out the time to do that? And I knew, like, you know, the second that I get a cold, uh, I'm going to sit at home and I'm just going to watch all six movies. So I watched I watched all three movies, all three of uh, the classic trilogy one day with audio commentary and then three uh, oh, nice. the three prequels another day with all of the audio commentary. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, that I spent I spent a, a lot of time doing that. So, well, that's good. Hey, that's a, you know, if you have to be sick, yeah, there's a one way to to make it uh, a little bit more tolerable. Get some Star Wars Blu-rays jumping off. I like it. Yeah, it made it not <laughs> quite so. Bad. All right, dude. Let's uh, let's head over to the recap. You ready? Let's do it. All right. A disturbance in the Force. There is. it possible to learn this power? Why me? Times. Up. I sense there's something here. The army has a simple counter to coup. The Mon Calamari system must not fall into separatist hands. All troops, battle stations. This isn't gonna be easy. We'll disintegrate for sure. Suck it up, shiny. I will attack the Naboo. <laughs> I will return, Mother. I warned you. I thought work for fully. Long have Sith Empire been built upon the backs of slaves. Anakin has struggled to put his past behind him. I'll keep an eye on him. Bow down, Jedi thief. Welcome to Death Watch. No! Alrighty then, let's kick off Friends and Enemies. The Fugitive's captured vessel plunges through the thick atmosphere of Nalhutta at a steep angle. Obi-Wan, posing as Reiko uh, Hardeen, plans to intentionally crash the ship into the swamps to help hide their trail. Bane is incredulous at Reiko's reckless plan, but Moralo is impressed with Hardeen's nerve. The ship slams into the choking bogs, and the criminals emerge, shaken but intact. So, Mike, we're on the second leg of our four-part journey here. Yes. And uh, I guess you, I don't know how we call this journey or this four-part arc. Is the Hardeen, Obi-Wan, undercover, uh, whatever else we're going to get involved here? Deception. Yeah, arc. I don't. I don't we know what to call it. We haven't named yeah. it. Yet. <laughs> uh, There's a lot of things going on here, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we're opened up. Right where we left off, the three guys here are, are escaped, and I got a sense of a little bit of Dagobah yes. when they crashed the ship here, you know, kind of going through this swampy area and, and ditching the ship, and 
Uh, I first I hadn't I didn't know where they were uh, until it was said late, a little later on where they talk about Nal Hutta. So this is what have we been to Nal Hutta before? We have, right? We have. We we yeah. were on Nal Hutta last season when uh, that's right when they sprung zero. Well, not well the episode that follows up when they spring zero from jail. Uh, they go back to okay. Nal Hutta because he goes before the. The the council of huts or what huts right right yes right because um, that was when we saw <clears throat> all of the other huts not just yeah not just zero um, so Obi Wan's been there before and he's been there uh, on the heels of Cad Bane so yeah I was gonna say is that the one where they where they chase Cad Bane um, through the bog and all that get through the same type of area it is, is that the same yeah, one it is. okay that's what I thought. That's what I was thinking. So we're back. We're back to now Hutta and the huts. And, yes. Uh, so this is cool. This is a uh, jumping off. So I, I didn't get to talk to you about last episode, but how's this arc kicking off for you so far? Pretty good. Uh, well, you'll you'll have heard on the last episode on the previous <laughs> one. Uh, yeah. They. I yeah. I mean, I love this story so far. Um, obviously, it's a. <laughs> it's funny because it's an Obi Wan central arc. That has nothing to do with Obi Wan Kenobi, you know, like like it's him underneath there, and he's it's not the character, voice. but yeah. it, you know, and it like and it's not his voice, but it is his voice because it's still James Arnold Taylor, right? Like, um, yeah. it's uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting, it's a really interesting approach, and I think that it's it's an arc that really shows off uh, James's ability to just become so many different characters. And, yeah, so uh, I didn't know that was him. So that is him. Yeah, it is him. That is him doing oh, that voice because wow. it's uh, it's him. And then uh, uh, Corey Burton as uh, as Cat Bane, obviously, and uh, and Steve, Steve Stanton as as uh, Moralo Evol. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. And uh, the three of them are such a great. What a team! Such huh? a, oh man, like man. as good as Anakin, Ahsoka, and Obi Wan are. As the good guys, these guys are are sort of the flip side of that. Um, yeah, definitely. And there's the the tension between Bane and uh, and and Reko or Obi Wan. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's 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 a really great great series of episodes so far, um, and it's definitely it's definitely up there with my favorites. So yeah, um, good stuff. First good episode stuff. a little bit stronger than the second. I feel like the second episode is kind of like. Let's get them from one place to another. It, similarly to uh, to the other four part arc that we got this season, um, mm-hmm. the second episode just feels like a lot more of the same. But right. um, at the same time, with this one, there's a lot of story to tell. With that arc, I feel like that was a that was a three episode arc on the darkness on Umbara. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but with this with this arc. Even though it is a little bit of like treading the same ground of, you know, we don't trust Obi Wan. It, it is, oh, we don't trust Reiko. You know, Cad Bane doesn't trust him. It is like, okay, we don't trust him, so he's we're not gonna break him out of jail. And then we all right. break out of jail, and that's the first storyline. And then the second storyline is, okay, we broke out of jail. We gotta ditch this stuff you know, steal a ship, mm-hmm. do all that. And it feels like there's almost, they, they sort of do the same thing twice in this episode. Yeah, um, right, right. And uh, meanwhile, Anakin's slowly catching up with them sort of thing. Um, yeah. But, you know, like we, when we get to talk 
the next episode, um, and then the one after that. They'll they'll be very different episodes from these first two. Um, right. But this this sort of fugitive storyline to begin with feels a little bit like okay, you know, like they stretched it out over two. Maybe they could have done a, like it, it could have been fifteen minutes in the beginning, or maybe not even fifteen, but like ten minutes in the beginning of the next mm-hmm. episode. You know, where they right. just sort of ditch their stuff, you know, get right. get new equipment and go meet Count Dooku. But um, but we get a full episode of it, and there's some pretty great interaction in it. So yeah, there's some good stuff. Yeah, I think you're right though. It could have been. Another another four part of that could have squeeze, but yeah, you know, oh well, that's what we get. Uh, Reiko suggests walking to the Bilbausa Bazaar to buy a new ship, but Cad says they'll first require new outfits. The prison fatigues won't get them far. They also need gear and weapons, so Bane leads them to Pablo's pawn shop, where the fugitive trio picks up. Or sorry, there the pu- fugitive trio picks up armor and equipment, including a new hat for Bane. And uh, Pablo's pawn shop. I don't know. I got. I got to imagine that the the name of Pablo is a uh, is the shout out to uh, to Pablo Hidalgo. Hidalgo. That's what I'm thinking. He's yeah. uh, fairly well known to a Star Wars oh, fans. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For uh, he he writes some of those uh, sort of compendiums, right? He's, uh, right. He's that kind of a yeah. contributor to the Star Wars lore. Uh, That's what I thought it was too. Is that is a little shout out to yeah. Pablo. So. Yeah, it, it it seemed like it because you know some of these throwaway characters that they just kind of show up. You know, like they they like to give them names that uh, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. are shout outs. And then we also we get a shout out to Indiana Jones. Yeah, you know that was a big that was a big point. I had wrote that down, and there was no doubt. I mean, someone someone I think thought it was going to be uh, Dave Filoni's hat, but <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm going with Indiana Jones, man. It looks. I don't know. I think oh, there's, that's there's, Indy's fedora for sure. Yeah, they they the fedora, went through a yeah. lot of effort to make sure that that yeah. looked like Indy's fedora. Yes. Yeah, yeah I, I had wrote that down too. It's like, uh, you know, Pablo's pawn shop for the bounty hunter on the go. You know, it's like come on in and pick up what you need. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely saw the uh, the Indiana Jones hat. I love when they do stuff like that. It's really cool. Yeah. And um, they're also Hardeen's helmet. The uh, based on Ralph McQuarrie's uh, sketches of uh, Boba Fett, you caught that too, right? Yes, yeah, very early Boba Fett uh, concept design. Yeah, um, so yeah, so a couple of little hidden Easter eggs there for you, for the serious Star Wars and, fan, and for those who would like to do their custom figure before we eventually get a Reiko Hardeen figure, <laughs> uh, all you gotta yeah. do is go pick up the. Uh, the Boba Fett concept uh, figure from the Ralph McQuarrie series from a few years back because it comes with that helmet. And uh, if you open your figures, you're not even really losing out on much because he comes with both helmets. He comes with the one that we know um, and as well as the concept. It's just a little bit of paint. You could uh, you could do that up as Reiko Hardeen's helmet. So. <laughs> nice. There you go. That is yeah. your customizing tip of the show right there. <laughs> Run with it. <laughs> uh, we'll continue here. Pablo doesn't have the quality weapons that Bane is looking for. So the bounty hunter leaves without paying after threatening Pablo's life if he reveals he's seen Bane. Obi-Wan, disgusted with Bane's arrogance, pays the merchant and warns Bane to keep a low profile. Bane suggests that the trio split up, Reiko with the ship, 
while Morale and Bane get weapons. Bane secretly wants to ditch Hardeen as a way of throwing off the pursuit. Uh, Obi-Wan negotiates with a Bith starship merchant to purchase a Junker freighter. While inspecting the vessel, the undercover Jedi secretly places a tracking device on the hull. Moralo and Bane show up to pay for the ship. Bane tells Hardeen that their partnership is over and gives Reiko a full face, a face full of knockout gas from his uh, gauntlet. Several Gamorrean and Nikto guards summoned by Pablo collect Reiko's uh, fallen form. No, that's my final offer. Alright then, it's a deal. Uh, good timing. As soon as you pay for the ship, we can get moving. With pleasure. Hey, where's my weapon? Won't need it. You're not coming. Says who? He doesn't want to split his fee for breaking me out of prison. And also, he despises you. All I know is I'm not going anywhere without my reward. I'm sorry, this is between you two. <sighs> What's it gonna be, Bane? Here's your reward. I'm not killing you. <laughs> Oh man, the more and more I see and hear and, and watch of Bane, the more I love his character. I yes. tell you what, he's got this new look. He's got a new hat. I'm like, oh man, that hat is just badass as well. Um, but I just, man, I love this character. I mean, just the whole Western feel. I've always loved this. I mean, Westerns are my thing. Mm -hmm. And to have a character like this, and, and he's just like, he doesn't care about anything. I mean, you know... Right now, you're you know. Right now, I'm thinking you know Boba who? Yeah. We don't need it. We, don't. <laughs> we got the baddest dude right here in Cad Bane. You know who's even talking about Boba Fett anymore? Yeah. Well, you know what? This character has sort of come into the Clone Wars and taken up that spot of Boba Fett uh, because obviously Boba is is young. We've had stories with him. He was even he was in the the previous episode. Um, right. But this character is. <laughs> He's the character that I think that we wanted and Django no. Fett or Boba Fett to be. Yeah. You know, um, he really is that that quintessential bounty hunter. You know, piece of scum. Like he's that bounty hunter scum that that uh, that Jabba refers to. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it's just such a great character, and and so so textured, just like. No need to get into uh, his background, where he comes from. We don't need a lot of depth to the character. Mm -hmm. We don't need a, a lot of uh, understanding of why he is the way he is. In fact, the less we know about that, the better. Um, just tell us great stories about him, like not yeah. not about his past, but just about what he does, like who he is. Right. Um, and he's just got such a great sort of flavor and texture to to him. We don't need a backstory, right? You know, um, exactly. and I, I hope that we don't, you know, get sort of spoiled on that. 
Yeah. Um, by them going back and trying to explain this character, which the EU tried to do so much with so many characters, because people people want to know more about a character, mm-hmm. and for some reason that always means you know like oh I want to see them as a kid, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like well no I don't want to know where he came from, where he grew up, or the sad story about you know he was. I don't know, orphaned or whatever. Like, I, I don't care. He's Cad Bane. Just leave him alone. Just Let leave him that. Yeah. continue to be awesome, awesome yeah. right? Yeah. <clears throat> so. Yeah, I just, wow, I love it. You know, it's just, I can't wait to see uh, to, to see more of him uh, in the future here, especially next yeah. next two episodes. So, yeah, uh, for sure. I'll continue here. Obi-Wan comes uh, to a security office where a brutal Nikto guard looms over his shackled, inverted body. The Nikto demands to know where the whereabouts of Reiko's accomplices or face torture. Kenobi offers up the re- frequency to the tracking device planted on the Junker ship. And once again, Mike, Obi-Wan is subjected to more torture. I yes. tell you what, season four is going to go down as uh, the uh, beating of Obi-Wan or the, the, I don't know what you want to call it, but just the beat down of Obi-Wan season, you know? Yeah. <laughs> this guy is just yeah. continually, no wonder the guy turns gray at, 40, 30, or whatever he is in A New Hope, you know? Well, or, yeah. Actually, in episode three. Oh, man. Did you... I, 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 I've already talked to uh, to Chris about this on the last episode, but uh, did you notice that, that his hair is changing? That they changed his hair model? Uh, in? Did, you didn't notice it? I don't think I, I noticed It's that. really, really subtle, okay. but they added just a little bit of gray to his hair. In the in the previous episode, oh, nice catch. Um, there's just wow. a little tiny bit in there, um, bit on the sides and a bit on that sort of that front shock of hair mm-hmm. um, to make him match uh, episode three just a little bit more. Wow. <laughs> and you know, in episode three, the he doesn't uh, Ewan doesn't have a lot of gray in his hair, mm-hmm. but uh, but there is a little bit there to sort of give that you know, this right. is where the character is going, sort of thing. Nice. So that's a nice pickup. I have to go back and check that out. I didn't notice that. Um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it was just dust. <laughs> he had just gotten thrown off the top of the building. <laughs> hey, you never know. Uh, that's funny, though. Uh, aboard the Junker, Ival contacts Count Dooku to arrange a rendezvous on Sereno. Bane is growing impatient. He wants his money. Ival stalls, having to pay for the ship and the weapons he has left him, short on funds. But he promises Bane his credits upon arrival at Dooku's home world. The ship shudders at Hut as the Hut. Starhoppers blast at it. Bane realizes that Hardeen has double-crossed him right back. Bane and Ival must sur- uh, return to the surface. So here's a crazy thing is now Dooku is involved. And, yeah. I mean, we know this is all, like, a part of Palpatine's plans, of course. But now Dooku's involved again. And it was funny. There was a shot where they show Bane at the controls. And they show... Um, uh, not Reiko, but um, of all, yeah, with the hollow thing, with the hollow th- of of uh, Dooku, and Bane has this look on his face. He kind of shakes his head, and like, like he can't believe, like, are you getting involved with this guy again? I, he, it's like, why, you know, why of all, why are you doing this? So, it's subtle things like that that I that I pick up, and I'm just watching Bane because I love Bane. You know, he's got the toothpick in his in his mouth. You know, just the coolest character, right? But, you know, here's, like I said, here's Dooku involved again. What's going on, Mike? Do, is this, uh, is this, 
obviously we're going to know what's going to happen in the next couple of episodes but mm-hmm. you got any do you got any hints of what might be going on here i mean dooku's going to get involved here what's well, it's we we heard at the beginning of the arc that this was this is all part of uh, a plot to kidnap Chancellor Palpatine, right? Like it's <laughs> right. It's Palpatine's plot to kidnap himself. himself yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But what? Which is weird because we know that he's kidnapped right before the beginning of. Uh, episode three. Episode three, right. right? Um, they're trying to get away with him when the battle breaks out, right? So, um, <clears throat> like, it's all part of the same same sequence. It's just, you know, we come into the movie a little bit late, I guess. Right. Um, interesting. So it's interesting that they're doing this storyline now, and we know we have at least one season uh, to go, because yeah. we just recently got that news that season five is a go. So... Um, I don't know if this is pointing towards an end of the series or if this is just like this this plot will obviously get thwarted because we know that Palpatine gets kidnapped from Coruscant, not Naboo, which is where they're planning on kidnapping him from, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, a lot of yeah, questions. I don't know. It's it's kind of it's it's a weird storyline because it feels like well they're gonna just have to do this again, aren't they? Yeah. But but this this sort of harkens back to a to a plot line with Dooku from uh, pre-episode 2, which anybody who's played the video game Bounty Hunter will be familiar with, which is uh, how uh, Dooku hired Jango Fett as the clone template. Right. And it was similarly um, what we're going to see in the next episode with, uh, you know, calling together a bunch of bounty hunters <clears throat> and, uh, and essentially a competition. And that's that's where this storyline's going to go. Um, and uh, I don't know, that's sort of his go-to. And, you know, we've even seen seen that storyline in uh, in the Clone Wars micro-series right. with uh, how he recruits Asajj Ventress. So um, this is this is definitely something that's in the character of Count Dooku. So, uh, so I wasn't too surprised yeah, to I just... find it, to, to sort of see this all coming together as it, as it comes together. Yeah, um, and of course, Dooku had to have something to do with it, right? Yeah, I know. I, I I think there's more to it. Obviously, that that it's just like, like you said, it's Palpatine conspiring against himself, and I, yeah. it's like it could go to either, it could go a lots of ways. It could be like, oh, this is just something to to fire up Anakin, um, to get him, you know, kind of inching towards that dark side, you know, or it could be yeah. something else. It could be with Bane and trying to get him involved somehow. So. A lot of places it can go, but like you said, it we kind of we're gonna have to do this again towards the uh, you know when we get to episode three. So yeah, just thought that was interesting. Uh, I'll keep going here since you're uh, not feeling too good. You still you still need to get into that back to tank, huh? <laughs> A little bit, yeah. <laughs> I'll help you out here. Slipping from his restraints, Obi Wan overpowers his guards and escapes confinement. He secretly communicates with the Jedi Council, updating them on his mission. Kenobi asks the council to remove the bounty on the fugitives and forward enough credits so Obi-Wan can buy a new ship. He also warns Mason Yoda not to contact him under any circumstances as he continues to worm his way into, Val- into Eval's trust. So Obi-Wan, he's communicating with Mason Yoda and he says uh, he, he wants the bounty removed. And here's the thing, he's got to win over Cad Bane. 
Uh, otherwise, you know, he's going to be left out in the cold, like he's like they already yeah. tried to do, right? So he's got to he's got to win over Cad Bane. He's got to get that bounty off their heads right now because he needs them to be able to roam free. Um, and he realizes that that Bane is kind of I don't know. He's he's kind of in this plot, whether you like it or not. He's in it. So that's the the reason for the contact there and to get that bounty off. And and we're going to get to another plot point here in a second about the credits and how how uh, Bane is so smart. So we'll get to that. Go ahead with the next uh, paragraph there, Mike. Chancellor Palpatine is surprised by Mace Windu's request to remove the bounty, but the Jedi Master explains that if the fugitives are free to move, they may reveal the nature of their plot. Palpatine does not like the secrecy the Jedi are exhibiting, and neither does Anakin. Skywalker feels helpless that he can't do anything to stop Reiko Hardeen, the man who killed his best friend. The good Chancellor passes on rumors from reliable sources that the fugitives were last heading towards Nalhada. You look troubled, Anakin. How can they expect me to just sit here and do nothing with Obi-Wan's murder on the loose? It is possible that they do not trust you to control your feelings. Ardeen killed my master, my best friend. And now he's escaping with Cad Bane and Morale Evol, and the Jedi Council won't do anything about it. I have it from a reliable source that the fugitives were last headed towards Nalhata. You cannot deny your feelings, Anakin. They are what make you special. If you believe you can stop this plot against me, I trust you. Thank you, Chancellor. You won't regret this. No, I won't. I'll tell you what, Mike, I had to put that in there because I'll tell you what, the scenes with Anakin and, and the Chancellor are, are becoming some of my favorite. I mean, they're not, there's no action in them, but to see those two interact, it's just, man, I just, I love that. It's some of my favorite moments. And the manipulation of Anakin, you know, we're seeing that a lot uh, in, this, in these episodes now. And, and here's, here's Chancellor, he's going, you know, they don't trust you, you know, and, and he says something like, I can't remember what else he says, but he's he's already planting the seeds, yeah, of that of that distrust. And last episode, I didn't get a chance to talk to you about this, but you know how how crazy is it that the Jedi Council and all are keeping Anakin out of it, and they're just they're adding to that that fuel to that fire of Anakin and that trust issue. Yeah, that was the key. I think one of the key <clears throat> plot points in the last episode was how they're leaving Anakin out of this and and it's yeah. like wow you know and obviously this is going to come around to to bite them in the butt but um what a great scene with like I said we have the passing of uh uh Ian, uh, not Ian McDermott uh Ian Abercrombie uh the passing yeah. of Ian Abercrombie and and that particular scene is just wow he's he is definitely going to be missed so great scene I really love that what do you think of that scene there pretty good stuff huh yeah, yeah, it definitely does echo a lot of episode three and uh, and the moments that you have where he's uh, twisting Anakin to distrust the Jedi Council, and uh, and he's definitely sowing those seeds yeah. of uh, you know like these guys are trying to keep you out of it. They don't want you to know. Mm -hmm. They're afraid of your power. And you know what? The thing is, is that like that. This this is a this is a lesson for a lot of people out there. 
uh, to learn, and it's 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 a it's a very important lesson to learn in life that the most effective lies are always based on the truth, mm-hmm. right? Like they always they, there's more truth than lie in them, <clears throat> and uh, this is one of those lies where where he's going like you know Anakin they don't trust you, mm-hmm. they don't trust you. That's they're they're keeping a secret from you. They're they don't want you to know something, and it's like well that's all absolutely true. Mace does not trust Anakin. Oh yeah, uh, right. they are keeping a secret. Yoda doesn't like the fact that they're keeping the secret because he knows that, like you know, this isn't this isn't how the Jedi are supposed to do things. You know, um, right. So I mean, it's all it's all absolutely true, and that's the thing that makes the lie so powerful. It's not that they're trying to be malicious all of the time. There is a little bit of you know like we're afraid of Anakin's power, so we're not going to let him in on mm-hmm. what's happening, you know, because then, you know, something could go wrong. And it's like, well, you know, if you trusted him more, nothing would have gone wrong. But, you know, that's the story has to happen the way that it has to happen, right? So, <laughs> yeah. Um, every time you get to to that point in episode three, you want him to make that different decision. Oh, uh, I Every know. time yeah. I watch yeah. the movie, I wa- I just, I watch him look to look to mace and then look to sidious and then look back to mace and then make that choice and every time i'm like don't do it don't do it just let him kill palpatine (laughs) just let him do it like don't make the wrong choice Mm -hmm. you know um and this is all this is all part of that and and sort of watching them actually just over the weekend I, i and and then i'm watching this new episode i just couldn't help but think about that and about how well that aspect of the story is written where like you know so many people want to want to uh gripe about it and say that it's terrible and complain and it's like you know what have you really looked at it because that is the one part of the story for me that is flawless Mm -hmm. the part where anakin is is willing to turn his back on the jedi because they don't trust him. They've treated him this way his entire life, and he he really owes them very little loyalty. He owes Obi Wan, and he owes Padme, and I think that that's where the conflict comes from. But as we've seen in this, like Obi Wan's gone. You know, like if he doesn't have Obi Wan, mm-hmm. he's just gonna do what Palpatine says. Right. 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 Exactly. Yeah, and I like, I like what you said so, about Mace too. I mean, they Mace. You know, it's pretty obvious that he does not like. You know, uh, Anakin, yeah. And uh, as a character, you start to dislike Mace uh, when you get to Episode Three. Um, you're almost like, you know, you know, Mace. You kind of brought this all on yourself, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I, I understand what you're saying. Uh, I'll continue. Back at the saloon, uh, at the Bilbusa Bazaar, Obi Wan waits smugly as Bane and Evol return. Bane is livid, but Kenobi coolly explains that he's got a ship purchased. By calling in a favor from the Huts, Kenobi wants to be made a full partner in Aval's conspiracy. Aval, going weary of Nahutta, agrees. And this is what I talked about, how Bane is smart. I mean, he asks right away, he goes, wait a minute. Where did you get those credits, you know? And, and Kenobi's got to kind of think of something, you know, real quick. Oh, yeah, I'm with the Huts. So, you know, Bane's not only deadly... But uh, he's a smart guy as well. So Yeah, uh, Evol is willing to just sort of 
believe it because it's convenient, yeah. Yeah. you know, like, oh, well, he's got a ship. Don't question him. Let's just take a ship. Yeah. Right? Like, uh, but Bane's kind of like, I don't know about this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, go ahead. Uh, as the fugitives depart in Al Hutta, a Jedi shuttle arrives. Anakin and Ahsoka are unaware that they're merely one step behind their quarry. The Jedi enter the saloon, and an intense Anakin uses the Force to threaten the bartender, choking him and demanding answers. The bartender says the fugitives just left on a newly purchased ship. Information he overheard. Oh, and I tell you what, I love the scene. Shades of, again... Return of the Jedi, Luke coming in, the Gamorrean guards. Yeah. We got to see the Gamorrean guards in this episode. Yeah. And and I love that. Here's Anakin, and again, so much different than Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan is going to talk and say, hey, what's going on? And try to... Anakin's got no time for games. Yeah. A force choke comes out within about 10 seconds, you know. <laughs> That's what I love about Anakin. Yeah. You know, a Jedi that gets down to business, man. And I love how... Here's another scene that, if you watch it again, Anakin does the Force and he and he takes those axes from the uh, Gamorrean guards and they fly across the room. Did you hear the patrons of the bar? They start clapping. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's like, all right, he got the Gamorreans. I like that. You know, it was kind of funny. It was it was a good scene, but yeah. Well, yeah, when he when funny. he just tosses the axe, right? Like the axe goes flying and sticks in the wall. They're oh, all yeah. just like, that's the, the you know like you can't help but appreciate that. He, <laughs> He yeah, just walks yeah. in and owns the entire place. Yeah. <laughs> he does, yeah. No, it's just, wow. I just, I just love that stuff. I love when they do that. So, yeah. uh, Let's see, where are we at? Obi-Wan's newly purchased ship must set down at a filling station on a nearby Ar- Arondia. It's a classic ship, Merchant's Swindle. The Bith and Naha to only fill the ship with enough fuel to get to his brother's station. Anakin questions the merchant and learns of this scam. The Jedi shuttle arrives on Arondia just as the fugitive ship is leaving, but Ahsoka spots and identifies Cad Bane. Who else, she says, who else wears a hat like that? So, um, you know, just before this, though, we got a scene with, um, with uh, the Chancellor, and he's talking to uh, Mace and Yoda. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, it's almost like the Chancellor is kind of causing a rift between Mace and Anakin. You know, he's kind of he's edging that or pushing that animosity along. Yeah. And, you know, obviously <clears throat> by sending Anakin, this throws a, a major wrench into the plan of, you know, this, this deception plan. Because now they got, oh, crap, now we've got to figure out what we're going to do with Anakin and Ahsoka. You know, they weren't supposed to be there. Yeah. You know, he's going after this guy who killed, you know, who he thinks he killed his, his best friend. So I kind of liked how they, you know, Yoda says, kill Hardeen or die trying Skywalker might. So Yoda knows that their, their plan is falling apart. You know, he's talking to Mace, and they know that their plan is kind of crumbling down. And, you know, how are they going to deal with this? So I thought that was a, another great scene uh, with, with the Chancellor and uh, the two Jedi Masters and trying to figure out how they're going to deal with Anakin. So... Um, where are we at here? You want to continue with the next one? Uh, yeah. Anakin chases the fugitive ship across the barren surface of Arondia, weaving through abandoned mining sites and massive pipelines. Eager to stop Hardeen, Anakin hands over the controls to Ahsoka and impetuously leaps from one vessel to the other. He ignites his lightsaber and begins slicing away at the fugitive ship's engine pods. 
Wow. I mean, we got this is where this this episode ramps up big time, yeah. and we get some really great action. Uh, the Jedi after the uh, the three bounty hunters. Cad Bane emerges from the ship, flying alongside it with his rocket boots. He fires at Anakin, distracting the Jedi. Ardeen tries to shake Anakin from the hull with some twisting maneuvers over the Rondian landscape. Ahsoka keeps up, but she misjudges the distances and slams into the fugitive ship. Both vessels come crashing down into the silt. And I'll tell you what, again, some great action from Cad Bane. I mean, this guy, you know, he's, again, I can't stress enough how much I love this and, and what he, they're doing with yeah. him and the, the rocket boots. And he's able to battle Anakin. And you got the fact that here's Obi-Wan. He's like, now he's got to deal with trying to keep Anakin safe. You know, and, and Ahsoka, so he's he's dodging the ship around, trying to do whatever he can to 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 favor the fight for Anakin. You know, so there's a bunch of cool stuff going on here, right? Yeah. Uh, I'll continue. Here. Concerned about Anakin, Obi Wan debarks into the dust to find his friend, but he cannot blow his cover. So when Anakin leaps from the shadows and begins pummeling Rake or Hardeen, Obi Wan fights back. Before Anakin can land a vengeful killing blow, Cad Bane interrupts the fight. He's been itching to kill a Jedi. Wow. Uh, Hardeen denies Bane of his kill by tackling Anakin and brawling with him. Hardeen locks Anakin into a sleeper hold. As Anakin loses consciousness, Obi-Wan whispers to him, Anakin, don't follow me. Bane is about to finish off the fallen Jedi when Ahsoka springs into action, defending her fallen master. That was a cool scene, too. I mean, you get Bane getting ready for the killing blow. And, you know, Obi-Wan at the point, uh, I, he really has no... What is he going to do? Yeah. Uh, unless, unless he sensed Ahsoka was going was to help. I don't know. But here's yeah, a great shot of her coming out of the shadows. Uh, lightsabers ignited. Um, ready to challenge Cad Bane. And, and a really cool scene. A really... Really great. This whole end, this whole fight with the ships and the fighting and Ahsoka and Bane mm-hmm. using his uh, his uh, rope to, to lasso Anakin and Anakin's doing some great lightsaber moves. I mean, man, I tell you what, I'm I'm loving this stuff. I mean, even though this episode was one of those where it's like, like you said, Mike, it was kind of redundant. Still, some 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 fantastic action here. That that. Oh I was yeah, saying. this this last five to ten minutes of the episode is just unbelievable with yeah. Bane like Anakin leaping out of one ship and landing on another and then Bane jumping out the side of it and using his uh, the ropes to swing back around with the rocket boots and everything like this is uh, this is what Star Wars is all about you know <laughs> this is it right here uh, yeah definitely definitely and I'll finish it up here uh, the criminals flee aboard their starship leaving the Jedi behind as Anakin awakens, he cannot shake the impression that Obi-Wan is still alive. There is more going on here than the Jedi Council has disclosed. Still operational. I got it working. Now let's get out of here. You're lucky we're in a hurry, little lady. We'll have to dance another time. Master! Master, are you all right? Mm. 
what's wrong? That's why I felt a connection. Obi-Wan is still alive. I, I, I don't understand. I don't either. But we're gonna get to the bottom of this. Believe me. Oh, it's not wise to upset Anakin Skywalker, I'll tell you what. And, and he has that sense, and, and it reminds me of A New Hope. Uh, I sense something that I haven't sensed since, you know, it's... Yeah. It, they can sense each other, and he obviously knows that that's Obi-Wan, and, and he's... Actually, I, you know, he's taking it actually pretty good. I thought he was crazy, and, and maybe, maybe we're going to get there uh, when he finds out exactly the plan that they had and how they left him out of it. But right now he has, you know, he knows it's Anakin and he's just, he can't figure out what is going on. And there's, he's got to get to the bottom of it. Like he said, you know, and they will, and he will get to the bottom of it. We'll see that. Yeah. So, uh, so that was that, that was the second part, Mike, and uh, two more parts to go, but there's some good stuff in here. Of course, the fighting, uh, Cad Bane and great as always, we got to see the Bith come back again. Uh, Gamorrean guards, we got to see them. We got to see Anakin doing some great force choking and, and his force abilities. Uh, so, like you said, again, you know, maybe a little bit redundant, but there was some still some always some great stuff to take away uh, from these episodes. So uh, I really enjoyed it, though. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely a, a great uh, follow up to to the first episode of this arc, and I'm really enjoying it so far. I can't wait for the next uh, one. Yeah. It should it should ramp itself up with these next two episodes yeah. i'm looking forward to that so uh let's head on over to the facebook post of the week wait a minute play back the entire message where are those transmissions you intercepted he is carrying a message from an obi-wan kenobi i was beginning to wonder if you'd got my message i saw part of the message you i seem to have found it all right mike so the facebook post actually has to do with the end of this episode uh, Anthony Rice uh, posted on our on our Frontlines Facebook that uh, he said, "Why did Anakin pass out at the end of the last episode? Did Obi Wan do something, or was it just the shock of realizing that he was still alive?" And I'm not going to say that he wasn't shocked that Obi Wan was alive, mm -hmm. but I think you posted on this as well. You can clearly see that it was just basically that force choke, you know, that carotid uh, was what did yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, kind of just it puts you to sleep really quick and uh it actually did it actually quite true to form because when you do a carotid type of restraint where it's cutting off um you know you do it on the sides of the neck and it cuts off that blood flow to the brain and it'll knock you out for a few seconds it's not going to do it for for a long time yeah. you're going to wake up within 10 to, to 30 seconds and that's kind of how they played it out on this episode so uh for those that may have wondered what was going on that uh, you watch it again, you'll see that Obi-Wan has, has a choke on him and it's hitting that carotid artery and that's what's putting him out. So uh, that's what you came away from it too, Mike, right? As far as... Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just a, it, it's a pretty standard sleeper hold, you know? Sleeper. Like uh, Yeah, WWF. Yeah. Yeah, I think we all, uh, <laughs> yeah. we're all pretty familiar with it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, it's the, it's the way that you do it when you want to take somebody down yeah. uh, and a fight without doing any damage right exactly. you know um it doesn't leave any lasting damage like you said <clears throat> it just ch like i mean if you held on after the person passed out you could do some damage because you're cutting off blood to their yeah to their brain so right. that they they lose oxygen to the brain and after 
what is it? I think it's after 60 seconds it starts to do brain damage. But, right. um, but obviously Obi-Wan just puts him down real quick and then lets him, lets go, him go yeah. so that he can, you know, get out of there. And that's, that's the whole point is just put him down really fast uh, without hurting him, without doing any lasting damage, and then... Uh, and then get out of there, yeah. you know. Um, he just needed a a way to solve the problem as quickly as possible. I, w- I wonder if and that's what. It was. Yeah, I wonder if he thought by doing that that Cad he would convince Cad Bane that Anakin was dead. But obviously that didn't work because Cad Bane was going to looks like going to shoot him. So, um, like I said, I don't know what what Obi Wan would have done yeah. if Ahsoka had not showed up. You know, obviously, you would have had to blown his cover somehow. So, but Ahsoka shows up. So uh, Obi Wan is still undercover. He's still in deep cover. He's still deep cover. So yeah. we'll see how this turns out. Well, I, I think as always, Obi Wan's got a good sense of uh, mm-hmm. what the right move is for the situation. Not just because he's uh, he's that clever of a guy, but because he uh, he trusts in the Force. Yes. When it comes to that sort of thing, so. Um, I think that there's a little bit of that, and uh, and you know he he senses you know if I can just put Anakin down, just give him this little heads up like don't follow me, mm-hmm. then uh, then then we should be able to get out of this without anybody dying. Yeah, and uh, and that's what happens. So cool. Yeah, definitely good stuff. So Anthony Rice, kind of I think it's a new uh, new poster. So I appreciate that, Anthony. Keep uh, yeah. Keep going, man. The forums are not the forums, but the uh, Facebook is, is doing quite well. So everybody's doing a lot of chatting on there. Next week, part three, Mike. We got part three coming up, and it is entitled yes. "The Box." Uh, the disguised Obi Wan accompanies Cad Bane and Moralo Eval to Sereno, where they enlist a brutal in a brutal competition with other bounty hunters from around the galaxy to determine who will participate in a plot to kidnap. The Chancellor. Here's a preview. Welcome to Sereno. You have been invited here because you are the best bounty hunters in the galaxy. Kira Swan, two-time winner of the Obsidian Sphere. Daron, known simply as the Exterminator. Sixtat, the Outland's Butcher. Ember, your bounty tallies were second only to one last season. Cad Bane, who needs no introduction. Draco Hardin, the marksman of Concord Dawn. Jacoli, known for never bringing anyone back alive. Onka, you and your brother have been a legendary team. This challenge may prove difficult for you alone. Quasi, your acrobatics once earned you praise from Chancellor Valorum. Sinrich, inventor of the holographic disguise matrix. And finally, Mantu. Your people were once a peaceful race. How far they have fallen. In a few moments, all 11 of you will enter what we call the box. All right, and that's next week, the box. Hey, Embo's coming back, Mike. Embo is back. Is that cool? Was that a great clip or what? I mean, here's... Here's Dooku. He's got all the, you know, shades of the Empire here, yeah. all the bounty hunters around, and he's and he's and he's naming them off. You know, it's it's so cool. You know, hey, this guy did this, and here's this guy. You know, he's like pumping everybody up. You know, 
It's like all the baddest of the bad getting together, and Embo's there. And this is curious to me about Embo because, you know, we saw him last season, Mike, and and he wasn't necessarily a bad guy. I mean, he was, you know, he was actually fighting with the Jedi. So this is very wild, huh? Well, you know, bounty hunters are bounty hunters, so uh, yeah, it's true, true. Yeah, yeah um, I, I just I wonder if there's gonna be more to it than that. You know, I just we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Well, you know, I can't say that I'm that I'm super surprised. So, uh, you know, eventually we were going to see uh, see Embo come back. And uh, of all of the characters in that episode, he seemed like the one with sort of the most uh, gray past. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and not necessarily, mm-hmm. you know, like that he went along with the situation because that was how they were going to survive. He didn't really have a choice. Um, and he doesn't say anything, right. you know, so we don't really know how he feels. <laughs> about it yeah exactly so. yeah yeah man that's gonna be fun watching these guys do a sort of a running man type of uh game yeah. here you know it's like it's gonna be a, a competition sounds like of of the best of the best you know who's gonna come out on top for the actual prize of just getting to go kidnap palpatine you yeah know, obviously just, just to be a part of tons of money yeah yeah gotta be a huge payoff so that's why all these you know big time bounty hunters here this is gonna be like one of those giant paydays so uh wow this is gonna be fun i can't wait to see that but uh that's gonna do it for this week mike part two wrapped up yeah that's it that's that's our uh, episode and uh, uh thank you guys for listening and do not forget to check us out online at www.clonewarspodcast.com you can also follow us on twitter uh twitter.com slash clone wars and you can head over to Facebook and join our group at facebook.com slash Clone Wars Podcast. And uh, get in there, uh, join our, uh, the page, uh, jump over to the group, and uh, get in there and comment and get in on the discussions that are going on. Uh, yes. We're always happy to have more people. You know, we're, we're just over 100 people on the group. Um, uh, or we're, cool. we're just at 100 or something like that. So... Uh, it's a good group in there chatting away and it's always it's always positive I find like that's the thing that's great about it is that we don't have yeah. the, the idiots yeah. in there you know taken away from from uh, our fun the, yeah, yeah the, exactly. the good times so, uh, so get in there and uh, we will be back next week at our regularly scheduled podcast time uh, with, uh, with yes. our, our thoughts on the box yes We will see you next week. See you next week. Well, another close to another wonderful show. Obi-Wan Kenobi here saying thank you for listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. Brought to you, of course, by StarWarsDaily.com. The force is strong with you all, and it will be with you always.